Christian Church, we love living life with you. All right, go ahead and open up your Celebration Church app. All my notes are inside of that app, and you can kind of follow along with me. If you haven't downloaded the app, go to your app store, type in Woodlands or Celebration Church TW in your app store. The app will come up, and all of my notes are inside that app. Um, Now, here's the thing. Um, I prepared my message um, this past weekend or yesterday, the day before, and then I woke up this morning and I had a different message that I wanted to share. So I'm not sure how much of those notes in your app I'm going to cover, but whatever I don't cover, you can study it throughout the week. Um, So I think I'm going to end up blending two messages together at the same time, but you can make your own notes inside that app. This is what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks. New Acts. So there is a book in the Bible called Acts, the book of the, uh, the, book of the disciples' Acts. That's, what, that's why it's called Acts. Uh, when Jesus walked with the disciples, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were written. They just wrote down what he did. But they didn't write down everything. In John chapter 21, verse 25, it says, And Jesus did many more things than these. If we had written them all down, surely the entire earth could not contain the books that would be written. So they didn't write down everything. They just wrote down a lot in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But then Jesus died. He rose again. He went to heaven. And he looked at the disciples and he says, all right, take over. And then the book of Acts was written because it's the Acts of the disciples after Jesus left. What I want to talk with you guys about over the next few weeks is you and I have the same assignment that the disciples had in the book of Acts. Jesus had already gone to heaven, but he says, don't worry about it. I'm sending the comforter, the Holy Spirit to be with you. Jesus is not with us either, but he said, don't worry about it. I'm sending the comforter, the Holy Spirit to be with you. And in John chapter 14, verse 26, it says that the comforter, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring everything that Jesus has said back to our remembrance. And so we are in the exact same situation that the disciples were in. We can't see Jesus, but we have his Holy Spirit and we have the same assignment of walking with the Holy Spirit and sharing his love and his power. All right, so we're going to dive into that over the next few weeks. But this is what uh, I want to, to bury into your heart. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. It is so important. Everyone say power on three. One, two, three. Power. Say it again. One, two, three. Power. power. You will receive power. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, it says that what we do will not be done by might nor by strength, but by his spirit. And so the plan 
that God has in partnering with you is that you are not grinding through life. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough this. I don't have enough that. I need this. I need that. Oh my God, help me. Oh my goodness. I just want to stay in bed all day long. That's not the plan. That's not how the plan was originally set up. The way the plan was originally set up was that his power, his power would flow through you. He said, well, what does that power look like? It looks like power. <laughs> Let me illustrate it this way. I went to Star Wars last night with my son. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching Star Wars. Is anyone here a Star Wars fan? Raise your hand. All, yeah, I see like four of us. Awesome. <laughs> and I've been a Star Wars fan since I was a kid. And I'm, you know, with the lifesavers and, and Luke Skywalker and all that stuff. I've always been into it. But I had this moment, I'm in the theater last night and I'm watching it with Luke. I invited my wife, she wasn't interested. I invited my other daughter, she wasn't interested. And the five-year-old didn't even know what a movie was, so we just said, forget you. So it was just, it was just Luke and I, you know? It was just Luke and I and we're sitting there watching it. And I had this like moment um, because there was a certain point where this guy got a, a sword went through him a lifesaver went through him and there was this hole and he's dying and um and this jedi skywalker good person walks up and she puts her hand on him and heals him and i'm sitting there and i start laughing because i've always been enamored with you know lifesavers and, and Jedis and always thought it was really cool. But now I'm sitting there and I'm like, whoop-de-doo, we do that every Sunday. <laughs> I really thought that. I was like, whoop-de-doo. And I'm laughing. Just this morning, two people got healed. Last Sunday it was deaf ears. This Sunday it was something else. It, 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 we've got a testimony today of somebody's deaf ear opening while they're in service. So I'm just like, whoop-de-doo. Because I'm laughing because for the first time in my life, when I say the first time over the last year, I'm seeing the power of God literally change people where people, they have cancer, now they don't. They have a tumor, now they don't. In full transparency, absolutely. In, in full transparency, let me just, I want to stay as honest and as transparent as I possibly can be because I don't want to set up an expectation. I wish I could stand up here and say, you know, for my entire ministry, for the last 21 or 22 years, I've been seeing signs and wonders and miracles. That's not the case. It's not the case. It's only been over the last 12 months. And some of you may say, well, what happened over the last 12 months? A lot, a lot. But it all started with this hunger and this attitude of saying, if it's in your Bible, if it's in the word, then I want to see it. If it's there, then I want to see it. And that's the whole attitude of this series and of this message today is I want you to grab a promise out of the Bible and say, this, it says in John 14, 12, that Jesus said that if you believe in me, these same works that I am doing, you will do also. 
And so when I say power, I mean you guys are leaving the church and when you see somebody in need, whether it's a physical healing or whether it's an emotional healing or, or whatever it is, you are sent into this world like Navy SEALs. We come here and we celebrate God's goodness and then we go into our world like Navy SEALs looking for people to share his love and to share his power. That's what we're supposed to do. If we are not seeing miracles, if we are not seeing healing, then our relationship with Jesus becomes very bland. I don't get mad at people whenever they stop wanting to come to church because oftentimes the church and the pastor, I'm pointing at myself, is responsible for their lack of passion. You can only listen to so many messages before you say enough is enough already. You want to see the demonstration in the power of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, Paul says, When I came to you to preach, my message and my preaching was not clever. It, instead, I relied on the demonstration of his power and his spirit. People want to see God move. And if he doesn't move, the relationship gets bland. Am I right or no? I mean, you can only say I love you, I love you over and over again before it has to at some point begin to manifest in your life and you see his goodness, you see his power, and you begin to fall in love with him even more and more and more and more. If you're not seeing it, then you kind of get bland and you'd get distant. It's just human nature. If you're married here and the person that doesn't show you their love, then the marriage gets very bland. But Jesus wants to show his love. It's on us to provoke him. And you say, well, I don't know if I have the faith for that. Then I am so glad you came today because I got a message this morning just for you. It's not in the notes. It's just for you. In John chapter 6, Jesus was walking around, and this guy comes walking up to him, this, this soldier, this, this centurion soldier, and he does not have faith in Jesus as the Son of God. He does not have faith in Jesus. But he heard that he's a healer. So he walks up to him and he says... My son is sick. Now keep in mind, his son is not there. His son is not present. He's at home, in bed, sick. His son is not a Christian. His son is not a believer. His wife is not a believer. His wife is not a Christian. There's nobody in his household who is a believer. And he is asking for a miracle in spite of all that. Nobody in the whole family has any faith. Nobody. But he heard that Jesus does miracles and he says, will you come to my house and do a miracle? He's talking to Jesus as if he were a doctor. Come to my house and heal my son. 
I don't know if it's magic. I don't know if it's voodoo. I don't know what it is, but come heal my son. I'm desperate. Jesus says back to him, so you're not going to believe in me unless you see a miracle. Jesus does not get mad at him for that. He says, okay, go home. Your son is healed. He decides to believe in what he said. That's what the scripture says. He believed in what he said. In other words, you grab a scripture and say, I've never seen you do this before. My faith is not very high, but I'm going to trust that you're not a liar. I'm going to believe that you're going to do that. He walks off believing there's something powerful when you act like something is true. I believe that God will not lie to me. I believe that there are no lies in the Bible. There are no lies in the Bible. There are no lies in the Bible. I believe there are no lies in the Bible. There are no lies in the Bible. I believe there are no lies in the Bible. Have you ever seen any miracles? No, but I believe there are no lies in the Bible. Have you ever seen an angel? No, but I believe there are no lies in the Bible. When you live your life believing there are no lies in the Bible, he walks off and all of a sudden his servants run up to him and say, your son is healed. And he goes, tell me about what time he got healed. They told him about what time he got healed. He goes, that was the same time that I was talking to that man, Jesus. And the Bible says that he and his whole household became a believer. Now, I, I I, I I need someone to come on up here. Cody, come on up here. All right, so let's pretend Cody is a jerk. All right, let's pretend Cody is a jerk, all right? And, and I, I'm bitter towards Kobe because he has more hair on his chin than I do on my head. All right, so let's just pretend Cody's a jerk. But he's a real jerk, okay? And he is not a Christian, he's a jerk, okay? He's, let's just take it a step further. He's my brother and he's in my family and I think he's a jerk, okay? I know nobody has any jerks in their family, but just work with me. I don't want him to come to Thanksgiving. I don't want him to come to to Christmas because he's not a Christian and he's a jerk. I've tried to talk to him about Jesus, but I feel like I'm talking to a wall. He is not saved. What does this story tell us? That when we talk to Jesus for a person who's not in church, who's not saved who doesn't even believe in God. Jesus will touch that person because of what we've asked for. Once again, not by might, nor by strength, but by his spirit. You and I will be blue in the face trying to talk to idiots. (laughs) And we will get nowhere. You will be blue in the face trying to make your business successful. If you're in sales, you will go crazy trying to do sales. Whatever it is in life, 
not by might nor by strength. You will go crazy, you will go bald, you will go blind, you will go broke, you will go depressed, trying to do things on your own. It is my hope that we do what the disciples did, going into a new year, backing up, saying it's not gonna be by strength, it's not gonna be by might, it's either by your spirit or it's not gonna happen. It's either by your spirit or it's not gonna happen. We've already read that God can touch people even if they're not there. What's even stranger is that Jesus didn't, the, the man never even prayed for him and he got healed. The, the kid wasn't even in church and he got healed. He wasn't even in the presence of Jesus and he got healed. He wasn't even a Christian and he got healed. All because one person who was trying to believe did the best prayer he could come up with, and it was enough. Put your hands together for that. Put your hands together for that. Let me share a few thoughts. 20 years go by, one miracle happened in my life. One. Been in the ministry 20 years. In the last year, hundreds have gotten healed. Hundreds. God can do more in 2020 than he has done in your life, your entire life. Your entire life. More in one year than your entire life. I could go through scriptures and unpack it on people over and over again that that is their testimony. That nothing significant happened in their life until this particular moment happened and then everything changed. This Sunday can be that moment for you. No lightning isn't going to strike. It's just the attitude of saying, I believe that the Bible is telling me the truth. I'm going to act like the Bible is telling me the truth. There are no lies in the Bible. If these signs shall follow those who believe... I'm not an apostle or a disciple, but I am somebody who believes, so therefore I should see these signs. And you go after it, and you go after it, and you go after it, and you go after it. And if you don't get a breakthrough, you don't quit and say, well, I'm 0 for 3, I'm praying for people. No, you keep going and going and going and going and going and going. There has to be this, this bulldog attitude that says, I don't believe the Bible lies. There's three things I want to share with you. Number one, I forgot. <laughs> Beware... Going into 2020, beware of the Holy Spirit around you. A lot of people are not aware of his presence, are not aware of the person of the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden they call on him when they need him. They pray and they're just like, but you're not answering my prayers. Stay aware of his presence. Don't be in relationship and then ignore and then in and then ignore. Stay aware. Number two, stay very careful to not get distracted on other things. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, You are not wrestling against people. You're not wrestling, people are not your problem. I know that this person's an idiot and that person's a jerk, but people are not your problem. You are wrestling against evil spirits 
in an unseen world. You are wrestling against mighty powers in this dark world. You are wrestling against evil, evil rulers in heavenly places. You are wrestling against this. And the only thing they want to do is to get your attention off of the Holy Spirit. That's all he wants you to do is stop being aware of the Holy Spirit. So number one is to stay aware of his presence. Number two, don't get distracted. Number two A is don't offend the Holy Spirit. R.W. Torrey wrote a book. I forgot the name of the book. Um, I think it's Walking with the Holy Spirit or something like that. But this is what he said. This is a quote from R.A. Torrey. When I deliberately turned my back upon him, speaking of the Holy Spirit, when I insulted him, following me into places where it must have been agony for that Holy One to go, following me day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, until at last he succeeded in bringing me to my senses. This is him saying, I made you go to places where it must have been humiliating for you. Remember, we're, we're fighting against evil spirits, right? So the Holy Spirit is always with you. How often has the Holy Spirit been with me? And he had to stand there and watch as an evil spirit got to laugh at him because they were ruling the situation. Laugh at him. This laugh at him and mock him because though the Holy Spirit was with me, I wasn't paying attention to him. I was a puppet in the hand of an enemy. And they mocked and laughed at the Holy Spirit while that was happening. We have to live our life in a way of saying, Holy Spirit, I don't want to live without you. I'm going to stay aware of you because it's not by my or by strength. It's by your spirit. I'm going to stay aware of you. I'm not going to be distracted. And when I do get distracted, I'm going to get refocused. And by my goodness, Ephesians chapter four, verse 30, I'm not going to grieve you anymore. I'm not going to grieve you anymore. This, my friends, this is the attitude change. Romans chapter two, verse 11, God has no favorites. The way he moves in power in one life is the way he wants to move in your life. The only thing that's different is the attitude that we take in our life. Number three, fanning the flame, fanning into a flame, the gift that God put inside of us. You may have wondered, I don't know what gift he has put in me. If you've ever wondered that, I'm so glad you came to church because I'm about to tell you what gift he put in you. And I got great news. He didn't put one in you. 
He didn't put two in you. He put at least three. At least three. Because he said, it's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And before I tell you what three he put in you, he gave us a bonus. He told us what he did not put in you. And then he told us what three he did put in us. He said this, I have not given you a spirit of fear. But I have given you power, peace, and a sound mind. That's what I gave you. That's what I gave you. Let let me read it the the exact same way that was in the the New Living. Oh, sweet. Thank you, Jesus, because I said it wrong. It's power, love, and a sound mind. Because... I'm saying thank you, Jesus, because I really wanted to preach the love point. And then I said it wrong. I was like, oh, man, I'm not going to get to say that thing. Okay, never mind. (laughs) It's crazy up here. (laughs) He gave you three things, power, love, and a sound mind. He gave you power. Are you seeing power in your life when you pray for people? Are you seeing power? Say, no, I'm not. Well, he gave it to you. It's our job to study his scripture, walk with him, stay aware of him, and see that power. Number two, he gave you love. This is very powerful. It's worth its own sermon. Because in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, it says, Without love, you are nothing but a resounding gong in a clanging cymbal. Have you ever been talking to somebody and you feel like you're just talking to the wall? They're not hearing a word you're saying? If love is overwhelming what you're saying, and this is a spiritual thing, you're not talking to the wall. You're piercing between the bone and the marrow, the soul and the spirit, convicting the thoughts and the intents of the heart. But without love, clanging symbol. So he says, I gave you love. I don't want you to be a clanging symbol. I don't want you. And this is not something we have to ask for. We already got it. We already have power. We already have love. We already have a sound mind. You say, I'm stressed out out of my mind. I get stressed out out of my mind all the time as well. And I back up and I go, hold on a minute here. God didn't give me this. Satan gave me this. Anxiety and stress is fear. And he says, I haven't given you that. I didn't give you a spirit of fear. I gave you a sound mind. Now, Frankie, wake up, son. He gave you power, love, and a sound mind. He gave you those three things. And so power should be following us. Let me just tell you, within you is supernatural ability. We watch Star Wars and go, yak, yak, show me something we don't have. Let me give you an illustration. Matthew, where are you? There you go. Come down here and just tell everybody what happened last Sunday. This is one example. Can I get that that binder right there underneath the, the seat? 
the one thing we ask for people to do if they get healed at celebration is to send an email to the church. So if you've been healed at celebration and you haven't sent us an email, shame on you. That's the only thing you have to do today is to send us an email. This, these are the emails that we've received this year of people that have been healed. <laughs> healed of, of cancer, arthritis, tumors, knees, shoulders, you name it. It's over and over again. Now, Matthew, tell them what happened last Sunday. Now, he shared his testimony Christmas Eve, but some of you weren't here, so I, I asked him to, to share it again. Matthew, go ahead. Uh, good morning, Celebration. Uh, last Sunday, like Pastor Franklin said, I was healed. Um, last Sunday, I was working camera three, and been, for a while now, I've been losing my hearing. Uh, one day in a customer's house while we're at work, I realized that they were talking to me. Uh, whenever I looked over at them, because all I heard was like basically a muffled nothing in my left ear. Um, anyway, I was sitting on the camera and, and at the end of service, Pastor Frankie asked for, you know, he started healing or he asked for a healing. Um, he said, invoke the pain or, you know, basically try to make it happen. So I covered up my good ear and I tried to hear on my left ear and there was really nothing, just a muffled nothingness out of it. Next service, same thing. He asked for a healing, said, invoke the pain, cover the right ear. Nothing out of my left. Third service, he had a word of knowledge and said, um, is there somebody in the service going deaf in their left ear? Is there somebody losing hearing in their left ear? My arm shot up before I knew what was going on, and he called me down here. Uh, before I got down here, somebody in the front row said amen, and I heard it plain as day out of my left ear. I stumbled for a second and kind of like, you know, kind of not knowing what was going on for a second. Um, I was standing here in front of the speaker, and the music was going, and everybody was, you know, singing with them. And somebody, Pastor Frankie was actually praying in a lady's ear next to me. He was on the opposite side of her, so he was on her left side. My left ear was to them. But he was whispering in her ear, and I could hear it just like he was hearing, you know, like he was talking into my ear. And at that point, I knew I was healed. Praise God. Praise God. So good. Thank you. Thank you. So let me give you, let me give you my side of it. That was his side. Let me give you my side. We have three Sunday morning services. In the first service, I said, if there's any part of your body that you need a healing, try to provoke it. And I believe the Lord's going to heal you. Some people got healed. He didn't. He covered up his good ear to try to hear out of his bad ear and didn't get healed. Second service, tried it again, didn't get healed. But there's so much power in a word of knowledge. And so I had a word of knowledge that somebody here is going deaf in their left ear or has even lost all their hearing in the left ear. God wants to heal you. When I have a word of knowledge like that, if nobody raises their hand and says, that's me, that means God wasn't talking to me. I missed it. And that happened in the first service today. I had three words of knowledge and one of them, nobody raised their hand. And I have to look at the congregation and say, sorry, that wasn't God. It was me. I, was, I had a thought and it wasn't from the Lord. I apologize. But the two words of knowledge that were accurate, both of them got healed. Matthew got healed. What happens when a word of knowledge goes out, it's like God calling your name and saying, today's your day. And so Matthew raised his hand and said, that's me. 
He's walking down here. A word of knowledge went out and said, today's your day. Matthew said, I, that's me. And he's walking down here. And before I even pray for him, Jesus just walks and touches him and says, Frankie, we don't need you right now. Just go do what you need to do. And touches him and heals him. And he gets healed. You know what's interesting? We have about 110 prayer partners. I've seen with my own eyes, almost half of them, move in a word of knowledge more accurate than mine. Why am I mentioning the prayer partners? One, I want to encourage you to come down and pray with prayer partners. But number two, I'm trying to show you I'm not any more special than they are. And they're not any more special than you. None of us are any special than the other. The only thing that's different is an attitude of saying, I want to live this way. I want to pray for people and see something happen. I want to pray over my business and see something happen. I want to pray over my marriage and see something happen. Let me tell you, church is not supposed to be something that we show up and work on our character and our behavior. That's not what church is about. You can watch Dr. Phil or watch Dr. or, or uh, Dr. Oprah. <laughs> She's a doctor to me. But you can watch them to figure that out. Church is where you come and you say, Holy Spirit, change me and then help me change other people. Are you with me? Say yes. yes. Would you stand to your feet for me, please, everyone in the room? I'd like our prayer partners to come down, all the prayer partners in this room. And I want to tell you, if I'm sitting in, that, in, the, um, in the seats and I see a prayer partner down here, and I need a healing in my body or I need a miracle, I'm coming down there as fast as I can. But let me just tell you, the greatest miracle in the world is when somebody who has been living in sin their entire life and has ignored Jesus their entire life and they say, I'm sorry. And then Jesus acts like no sin ever happened. That's an unbelievable miracle where Jesus says, let's pretend like none of that ever happened and you are forgiven and let's just start over again. And Jesus calls that being born again, like you have a whole new life. If that's you in this room, I want to invite you to come down and take the hand of a prayer partner and let them pray with you. And then I want to challenge you to go into 2020 saying, Zechariah 4.6, Zechariah 4.6, Zechariah 4.6. Let's say that together as the worship team comes to the front. Zechariah 4.6. Just say it like 17 times. One, two, three. Zechariah 4.6. That is, I'm challenging you. I'm provoking you. Let that be the anthem of your life. The anthem of your year is not by strength. It's not by might. It's by your spirit. God, it's your spirit that's going to do it. It's your spirit. It's your spirit. It's your spirit that's going to do it. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Father, in the name of Jesus, would you allow your Holy Spirit to move in this room right now and to touch every heart, to touch every spirit, to touch every mind. Lord, heal their physical bodies. Bless them. Cancer, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus to be gone in Jesus' name.
If you need any healing in your body, Brian, um, would you have all these prayer partners move in, please? All these prayer partners move in. If you need a healing in your body, if you need to pray about anything, Psalms 56, 9, every time you pray, the tide of the battle turns. Come down, take the hand of a prayer partner, let them pray with you. And if you would, let's just sing this song one time through before anyone goes home.